Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93. Nine of the Ville, Marginus, Tyler, Grieber. The phone lines are open. 8150-939-3831-939 for the uh, UPS Jobs text line. If you want to hit us up that way, you certainly can uh, as well. Uh, Tyler, there, there's going to be enormous fallout for college football uh, with the retirement of Nick Saban. Uh, I was happy to hear you just played for me. He sat down with Reese Davis yep. uh, and said that nobody is sick. There's no issues. Uh, he he just, like I said, basically said, I, I can't be Nick Saban. Yep. I had doubts about my ability to do it the way I've always done it, and for me, I'm out. And in a weird way, you, you thought, I think at the same time, I thought they'll have to drag him kicking and screaming out of coaching, but also kind of at the same time to hear him just be like, oh, can't do it anymore, I'm out, is also like the most Nick Saban thing ever. It is, and I actually think it's, it's a wonderful uh... – it's healthy. It's it's a great portrayal of self awareness. Yes. Right. Like, uh, coaches are a unique breed, and it, it's job. I mean, it's it's highly demanding. The pressure is ridiculous. The rewards are ridiculous, obviously. Um, and I think it, it becomes an addiction for a lot of guys in, in a way. And I, we were talking about this a little off the air. I think there's. life outside of it wasn't whole enough or there wasn't enough to, to go to and enjoy so you weren't constantly thinking about going back to playing or coaching and we still see this play out and we'll, we'll see it play out forever it's it's no different than many uh normal folks in general who who retire uh you know my my i think i've told people before my dad worked for costco for 36 years really long time put in a ton of work and uh, retired in, in recent years. And, and there, as a son, the first thing that came to mind for me is like, you're going to be happy at home, right? Like you're going to be good. You don't, you're not going to feel the need to go into the building and see the old cronies and make sure everything's running right. And, and he hasn't, he's a very, he's very happy. And he's loving it, but it's the same type of principle that on a much more heightened scale with a, you know, Nick Saban is one of the most iconic coaches of, of any sport. I think he, he's the greatest in college football history, but For sure. he is a singular symbol of, of a level of winning that we're not accustomed to from too many people at a place that ravenously cares about it uh, as much as anywhere cares about anything. And 
actually Bomani Jones had a great tweet yesterday talking about how people don't understand how Alabama can be sometimes. Yeah. Good luck to whoever's got it next. Yeah, he tamed something he many did. people thought was kind of untamable. He did. Yep. I, and for me, I, I think the most in, amazing, enduring part of his legacy is obviously the championships. Oh, of course. But that after year one there, he never had a team that fell on their faces. No. He never had no, a he never had a team that was just okay. That they either won the national championship or you or you felt like somebody else got out alive. That was it. Yep. Every single time. And I think his I believe his last three losses were all on the last play of the game. Yeah. He, and he only lost 16 games in 13 years, I think, after his fear, something like something like it was absurd. Uh, you know, this brings me to something I was just contemplating for a second. I really thought I picked them to beat Michigan. Like, I thought they were going to go to the national title game. I thought Jalen Milrow, Milrow was playing good ball. It looked like he was coming on, whatever. But we get so caught up in the ride off to the sunset picture of somebody retiring and winning a championship, going out on top. I kind of prefer that we're getting it this way for once with somebody like Nick. With, with, you know what? He didn't achieve the standard that he relentlessly achieved at a at a pace that nobody has ever done before. And he took a step back and said, you know what? I Because think about this. How many scenarios have we seen where we thought somebody was close to retirement, they lost in the playoffs or the championship game, and they're like, uh, you know what? I got to give it one more go. And most of the time, that doesn't go yeah. very well yeah nick's not doing that he's saying you know what i he's always a competitor these guys are wired that way to where i'm sure it does burn him to see that they lost to the national champion and there's probably enough motivation there to go balls to the wall like he's done for a long time but to have the self-awareness to say i'm not capable of that anymore or i don't want to do that yeah. anymore that's pretty cool i i think that's a nice lesson uh maybe you know i don't know if we're making too much of it or not but these you know it's always fascinating for people like that who who have achieved a level of success that have never been that's never been achieved before that what is the final thing that makes you hang it up yeah and this is a healthy thing to hang it up on uh, also fascinating one his final play as a head coach is Jalen Milrow just slamming into the oh. <laughs> it's like what a, a miserable way to end, but there couldn't be a good way. No. I no, think he no. just saw Outside that play and was like, I'm tired of Jalen Milrow. <laughs> Enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> Enough we can't do center exchanges anymore. I'm out. Can't oh do this. Oh my god. Anymore. Marlon Humphrey had me dying last night. Did you see what he tweeted? He said he would have been in the transfer portal like as soon as possible if Saban was retired. He's killed. He's then, ridiculous. He's you so add funny. to it now, and then we'll get to Steve here in just a second. But <laughs> I wanted to to also point out. So I get in the car. I'm driving to pick my kids up yesterday after the show. Yeah. And Bruce Feldman is on with Feinbaum, which sounded like a funeral. Like I thought, fine bomb. It was like JFK had been shot. Fox ESPN crossover. Going uh, it on. was. I mean, a fine bomb was was devastated. Well, I'm sure he was. It, you you would have thought that Saban had been assassinated. You know, like he was just in shock. I mean, there's an argument to be made that if Alabama football doesn't reach the heights it reached, is is Paul Feinbaum even on SEC Network? 
uh, they are intertwined for sure. Yes, they got to be. But Bruce Feldman was on and he was talking. He talked through a handful of candidates that immediately come to mind. And it was Dan Lanning and Steve Sarkeesian. Those were the first two. Right. Guys that had been, you know, that sort of thing. And it struck me the way he talked about it. Like the determining factor in if they would have that job is if they would be willing to take it. And it just was kind of wild to think, like, normally we think, like, can you convince a guy to take the job? Like, it's it's good enough for them. But when he was saying it, he was saying basically, like, which of these great, great coaches, because if there was ever a job where you simply do not have to settle, it's Alabama, but which of them is going to be willing to take the job and take this on and be the person that follows Nick Saban, and he didn't really sound overly um, confident that either one of them would even be willing to do that. And it's think about the idea of like being a coach and you work your whole life for these dream jobs, and then saying like Alabama's not for me, but you do kind of understand it at the same time. Who the hell would want to sign up for that? Well, I think this is a, a an attitude we explore a lot nowadays because I mean, hell, did we not have a similar type of conversation about? You know, why would Mark Stoops not go to Texas A&M over Kentucky? Well, have you ever been to College Station and seen what go everything that happens around there? Like, yeah, there's a ton of oil money to throw around and all that stuff. But, buddy, if you are not a national title contender almost immediately with everything they're throwing at you, you're done. It's not going to work. Now, you could say, well, Tyler, that all that results in is getting paid $76 million to not work, which to me is a good result for the financial side of it. But that's either here nor there. It's different for some of these guys where it's like, if, if you land a, a comfortable, cushy gig with job security, where the pressure is not nearly as high as it is elsewhere, you've got it pretty good, man. You got it better than a lot of people do. And Dan Landing today has taken all of those rumors and done the most college football thing oh, possible, you're so baby. So right about it. Just turn it into what? Well, what? What are my favorite three letters about covering college sports? A, B, C. Yeah. Always be recruiting. Yep. Everything. Everything you do is a recruiting pitch. Dan Landing knows it. Oregon knows it. They got the the Nike money to feed it, and he ain't leaving it. And he wants you to know about it that he's not leaving. He never, Mark. He never even considered Alabama. Oh, I know. Never took a call. Alabama, where's that at again? What conference are they in? Definitely was in Tuscaloosa was yesterday. Never. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, there's a local news person out in Eugene who was claimed he had sources that told him Lanning was in Tuscaloosa. I'm like, all right, you really want to go on that hill? You think that's going to work? That's and then we found out that. And then we found out he was watching one of the Bourne movies with his family <laughs> at home in Eugene. It's an oddly specific detail. Somebody needed right? a Bourne ultimatum, I think, out of this whole charade. But think about it. It also gives us, or this results in now, the random truth that Oregon lost its head coach to Miami but did not lose its head coach to Alabama. Well, the big takeaway from that for me is that one's actually a good coach. And the other one, I jury's out on old on old Super Mario down there. Oh, I, I think it's very much out. Uh, Dan Lanning, I'm not gonna act like I watch Oregon a ton. Um, what I have seen from him, I I like his attitude, his energy. Um, 
I think West Coast teams at times get that that soft label kind of unfairly maybe. That dude, when you watch him talk, watch his team play, the energy that they are not they're they're playing full throttle most of the time. I, I like and and really Oregon is such a unique place, man. I mean, because you have yeah, you have Phil Knight at your back. I mean, come on. In in the day and age where we are seeing how much money you got in your war chest mattering more than ever in terms of what talent you can get. Yeah. Uh, who better to have in your corner than Phil Knight and Nike? Seriously, I, I can't pick many better. And you will always have that at Oregon. So, uh, you know, typically know how these things go. Who knows if it ever was a real conversation? Who knows how it gets out there? A lot of agents do that. Uh, and you got to try the James Franklin's agent, buddy. Oh, listen, we had a texture who just Dude, texted this in. Not major. Who is it? Is it Sexton? Well, who is it? Who just James? texted? Like, the single biggest winner is Jimmy Sexton. Oh, um, I mean, just. Because he gets to get all of the biggest names in the sport. Just are put them out. All going to get raises out. And of Pete Thamel's just sitting there like, I don't know. Yep. Mm hmm. Yep. Got it. Yep. James Franklin at Alabama would be ungodly levels of funny. I got to say, I would enjoy it. I don't even dislike or feel anything about James Franklin. I'm just, he is tailor-made to go to Alabama and get devoured. Fail sp spectacularly. Who is the funniest, weirdest bad fit at Alabama? I, I said Dave Lawson yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I had a whole thread of it. There's some good ones. I'd have to, Mike I'd Price. Have to dig back. I, yeah, well, Mike Price was a good one. I said Tommy Tuberville retires from his office as a senator and goes back into college coaching. That'd be great. Uh, but that's a little – well, he is in Alabama. It's there. I'm just saying. My sources tell me, you know. Um, sorry. <laughs> you, like, half-ass laughed at yourself. I know. I know. It was disappointing, honestly. It doesn't engender, like, a lot of <laughs> joke. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, did exactly. that to yourself. The Keem Nicks laugh. Uh, oh, no, that's the Ross McMain's laugh. Dang, Ross. Very McMahon. similar. Ross McMains. Oh my god, <laughs> I haven't heard that. Wow, wow, that is a name. All right, let's stop making Steve wait here. If you want to follow Steve, you can. Eighty one fifty nine for nine. Of course, uh, of course. That's, that's my fault. Sorry, Steve, it's Steve. Tyler's fault. It's my. We fault. do have Plumber Not Chuck still. All right, let's get Plumber Chuck. Plumber in here. Chuck. Plumber Chuck, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive. What's on your mind, man? Hey, what's going on? First, first, first thing I want to do is. Uh, Congratulate Tyler there on that engagement. Smart man going go. over hey. to go, 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 so com on the uh, AKA sunny side to pop the question. Smart, smart on you, Tyler. Uh, Thanks, Ben. Uh, congratulations. Uh, dealing with a wife that's sick and a three year old that's sick, uh, not fun right now. So, uh, first thing I'm going to say is, I. And Mark probably agree with me that you got kids. When you have kids, I'm not able to watch sports like I used to. So now I'm watching uh, cartoons and Willy Wonka and all that stuff. So last night I turned on the turned on the U of L game, and they come out of there like a kid. And I'm like, where did these guys come from? Because yeah. the last time I watched one, it was ugly. So kind of want your thoughts on. Let's just play hypothetical here, and this is the start to the turnaround, and he does turn it around, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that he does it, but I'm hoping that they do. Uh, that's going to fall a bunch of people's plans for him getting canned at the end of the season, and 
you know, I'm proud of them. They played hard. They didn't quit. They took the punches and they punched back. So I'm kind of hoping that it has turned around and uh, maybe he can get it going. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to bash on anybody. I'm, I'm happy to be a Louisville fan today and we can go on with it. And uh, it don't hurt my feelings to see Saban retiring because I don't like I don't like Alabama anyway. So just kind of want your thoughts on maybe, you know, if if it does turn around and it does get it turned around, how do you think the fan base is going to feel? And uh, we'll hang up and listen. We'll talk to you all later. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much there, uh, Plumber Chuck. Yeah, look, the the question is, what what does Louisville do or, or what does it mean if this is a turning point, right? Like, it, But if there's anything, Tyler, it, that has characterized his time here, it's the good stuff doesn't become a trend. Yep. It's, it's just an instance. Right. And, and, there, and uh, this was unlike anything we've ever seen out of a Kenny team. And if they play their next game – and it looks like the pit game or whatever, there's nothing that could be more Kenny Payne than them playing NC State and losing by 15. In that, here was something good, or a, a, a lot of good things, and that you didn't build on them and sustain any of them to the next game. Uh, it's not a trend until there's more than one data point. Right, right. And, and that's that's what's key for me, and I do think what is difficult to, about this situation as well is – you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a win loss record, and that's how we evaluate pretty much anybody uh, in this business. And I I wonder how people digest. Like, let's say they come out against NC State, display a lot of the same positive things, and lose by like six, something like that. Well, what do you do with it? Where do you go with that? I don't. And, and I'm not. I think one thing I'd like to try to make clear to fans for a second is that us who try to do this for a living, like when I watch a game and I'm reporting on it and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what do I think the storyline? It's not always like, it's not just like this crystal clear, oh, here's the take. That's That's what it is. No. And I don't think it should be either, for the record. There's a lot of gray in all of that. But... The problem is, is what I come back to again, is that you've kind of put yourself in a position where, where all we're at as well, was it black or is it white? Was it a win? Was it a loss? Like, and, and that's that's where it's trouble because there could be tangible progress that gets made that does not end in a win, and it will not be enough to help you in the long run because you've already dug yourself such a hole. And, and that's what gets tough to to really digest or, or analyze, in, in my opinion. Um but I know the areas that come to mind for me that say, all right, this has definitely got to get better if you want to sustain something. And I think the defensive end of the floor is the one that everybody's going to watch. They've made shots the past two games. Even against Pitt, I don't think they played well against Pitt. They hit, they shot pretty well that game. They couldn't defend anybody. Right. They they, they have decided for most of the year, or not decided, That's they're trying. I don't like saying that. They're not defending the three well. They have not done it well. They're not defending fast breaks very well. Those two things have got to improve. They've got to change. If, if you want this to, it, 
again, I don't think this is likely just based on the body of work that I've seen. But if you want last night to be a turning point, if you want to believe in it, then those two areas are ones that I think you got to watch and say you got to get better there. Yeah, I'm not saying that they have to win every game right. or anything, but we're celebrating last night as the arrival of what we've hoped to see. But the job is for that to be here all the time. Yeah. Like, right. uh, I'll just go that, that back to yep. it's the job is not to be improved, the job is to be good. Yep. Like this would no, be a 100%. good team. And last night they were a good team. They were, they were a good team. And they beat a good team. But they they've got to not play a game as a good team. They can't make cameos. Like this is <laughs> you've got to be like this. Make a cameo appearance. That was not a Nolan Smith joke. That's I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just drop <laughs> in and like here's in this game we're gonna be a good team and next week we'll go back to playing ourselves. Yeah. Like it's not you can't do that. Sorry. I definitely was no, not. No, that was to, funny though. Unintentionally, because I know funny. you were it, but it's still funny. Uh, oh, I would have played it that more. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. it was like, still funny. You can't make a cameo as a good team. You, you didn't want to give yourself like a half laugh one. to to digest no, your own joke. You don't want to do that. Right. That's okay. Uh, they've got to be this way. They, uh, Crean and I had this discussion for the Floyd Street's finest thing earlier uh, today. They've, they've. If you want to change people's perceptions of you to where they would be happy with you staying and there would be no debate about whether you should still be the coach going forward. They've got to be as good as they've been bad. Oh, 100%. It's that simple. This is one step. And and just in the same way we have said, in order for them to be good, they'll have to do things we've, we've just not seen them do since he's been here. That applies to them winning game after game after game. They haven't strung together good things from game to game to game one time yeah. since he's been here. So it will be equally unlikely. But if it happens, you have a good coach with a good team. Right. What's the, like, what's the downside there? There's not. And I, I think, again, in terms of digesting some of this stuff, what gets difficult is um, we get so caught up in like, oh, I got to be right or wrong about this or, or whatever. And you're leading up into a prediction. It kind of reminds me of like, my Governor's Cup prediction this year, I thought Louisville would win, and my reason was Kentucky hasn't played complimentary football literally all season. They haven't done it. What did they do against Louisville? Completely bucked the trend and played yeah. a complimentary football game. That's why they won. Sometimes, man, there's just some stuff that clicks, and we don't exactly know why it happened. Last night, to me, everything that was on display that I just haven't seen, I, I've seen it in spurts here and there, but I haven't seen it for a consistent effort. I, I cannot nail down for you how that happened or what led to it. I could pick the good things out of it to tell you that that's got to keep happening. But in terms of the motivation to keep the pedal down, there shouldn't be much need to be motivated at this point with what Louisville has gone through and with what the city, I mean, clearly the city wants this program to desperately climb its way back to, to not even like, Obviously, it's an elite program that wants to compete for national championships and all that. We understand that. But, like, damn, just play some good basketball. Just play some competitive, entertainment, inspiring basketball. That's, that's what all people want. Last night, they brought that. Paul is up next year. Paul, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to talk a little bit first about the basketball game last night. Sure. The the universe spoke to me and uh, told me to turn the game on. I was expecting to 
you know, let's see how bad they're getting whooped tonight. And I was pleasantly surprised. I think it was start watching a couple minutes before that questionable uh, 10 second call. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, they looked good. Uh, I say hesitantly. Um, I just hope that they do build on this, that this isn't a one and done and they go back to, you know, being who we've been watching all season or not watching all season in, in my case, because I, I haven't been able to bring myself I'll I'll check games out or I'll listen to it on the radio a little bit, but it's, it's been uninspiring and I just hope they can, they can build something all of off of this. I mean, if we can get into the mid double digits with, with some wins, if they can pull off a few wins, what are they at now? Six, seven wins, six, six. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, we've, we've done better than last year. We're, we're close to double what we did last year. I mean, but if if they can get somewhere in in the in the mid double digits, we might have an argument. I don't know if it would be a good argument, but there would be an argument to be had at the end of the season. So, you know, I'm going to give them a I'm going to start giving them a chance again. But every time I get my hopes up, they they you know like to pull the rug out from under me, and uh, <laughs> I'll I'll start trying to watch some basketball again. But I, I wanted to put in a, a quick comment. Um, I was saw on a message board uh, this morning. Someone, oh, do you think Brom's going to go to Alabama? And I just had to sit there and chuckle because I personally think that his own family, not any of the fans, his own family would string him up a flagpole like, <laughs> some revenge of the nerds thing uh, with an atomic wedgie after a swirly. If he even thought about leaving the University of Louisville, <laughs> appreciate yeah, appreciate the call there, Paul. Thank you. Uh, I also think that, but I uh, at the same time, Tyler, I do think Jeff is also a great football coach and a driven man. And that if he were to be targeted by Alabama, uh, it's it's a non-zero. He would listen, and I I don't think anyone. There aren't very many jobs that he would, but he would listen. Uh, like the, it would be, you'd, I think you'd be a fool not to. But I have been struck today by, in the light of Dan Lanning turning the job down. Uh, dramatically, as you pointed out, yeah. via a quickly put together documentary. Sales too smart, smart. Uh, you're exactly right. Uh, the lists that have come out from the various gambling outfits and from every single media person I have seen, I have delighted in the fact that Jeff Brom's name isn't on any of them. And if he weren't Jeff Brom from here, after the the season Louisville just had, after the run he had at Purdue. He would be on those lists. Yeah, I think so. I've maintained this uh, belief, you know, since I started covering Jeff and listening to him talk, and just and, and again, this is me just kind of connecting some dots. This is not me drawing this off of anything. This is just an interpretation. Like, I, I really do believe that I could see him 
if the NFL came calling mm. one day and wanted to give him a shot, a shot as a head coach, too. I, I'm not talking like offensive coordinator or something like that. Like he got a head coaching job. Then I, I could see that happening. I could see. And, and, and that's another situation where you you have to listen. Yeah. And like it or not, every football program in the country including your favorite one that you think is in the pantheon and your your favorite coach would never leave, they're all checking in on their coaches today to make sure they're a little happier than yesterday. That's what happens when Alabama opens up. It's just one of those jobs. We just saw Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame for LSU. Lincoln we, Riley? Yep, we just saw Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma for USC. I hate to spoil it for you guys, but your program, while it's great, it doesn't mean that it can just keep anybody. It's not unique in that regard. We're past that point. It's just not relevant anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I understand the the fear, I guess, especially yeah. at Louisville after losing mm-hmm. the guys that they've lost to various places. This circumstance, first of all, there's there's nothing tangible for us to even say, like, oh, there's there's interest there. Haven't heard anything, haven't seen anything. No, but just from like an opinion standpoint, yeah, I I don't see that really being. I think the one difference in Louisville's history now, or the difference between now and everything that has really happened in its history, there's no part of me that thinks Jeff's primary, and I think you know this is true too, his primary goal is to like flip this job into something else, which is what every other Louisville coach has really tried to do. I think uh, in the the scenario that I just presented, like if if he went to the NFL one day, I think that would he would only entertain or consider that or want to do that if he arrived at a point where it was like, I did exactly what I said I was going to do at Louisville and I'm ready for another challenge. Um, You know, Jeff obviously is uber competitive. I think you can tell that pretty quickly. Um, one of the reasons I think he could be an NFL guy is uh, he, you know, he likes football a little bit, and and you don't really get him talking a ton about many other things, to be honest. And I feel like he would fit those settings, like so you don't have to recruit when you're an NFL coach. That's a big difference. But man, you are living at that facility, and you are a junkie for the film and everything else. And Jeff, I think that's the part that Jeff loves above everything else. Recruiting, obviously, they're doing a great job. So he's fine with that part of it, and he gets that it's necessary. But I think all of these coaches, down to a point, probably like something's got to change with the calendar as it stands right now. I think there's a lot of coaches who are hitting a tipping point with like – But that's the business. It's not any individual Yeah, that's 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 just the business. So, no, I – I think Jeff's pretty safe here for now. Like, you know, if, if and, and look, if that scenario does play out, the one we just presented, well, and that means Louisville football had a hell of a run for, for quite a few years with a good coach. So, but that's not even something to, to worry about or really consider at this point. All right, right before we get to Chris here, because we need to take a break, I did want to say, like, I'm not a fan at all of the Michigan man thing where it's like you have to have one of your own. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I don't believe not. in that. It's not true. It doesn't make it doesn't. I've got Kim Anderson from Mizzou on line one for you on that one. That was a disaster. Among other things. Yes. Right. Uh, But I do wonder if 
Alabama's not one like we recognize it as an absurd pressure cooker kind of job. It is. If that not necessarily have to like be uh, an Alabama guy, but how hesitant would they be to hire somebody who hasn't like at least done a tour there in some capacity to have some idea what it's like? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the thing is, is the guy you just lost really. I mean, I, I've, I'd have to dig deep into the archives or something, but like, did Nick really have much of a connection with Alabama? No, he'd been at LSU. He'd just been at LSU, yeah. And I mean, I guess you could see that as LSU is one of those places that's like extremely rabid a, as well, and you can handle that type of pressure cooker over there. Um, and it's funny, I just arrived at this about Saban. Like, a lot of college coaches, we talk about the failure in the NFL before they come back, and that becomes like a very big part of their story. I really don't think it's a big part of Saban's story. I think we don't talk about it very often. Uh, I actually think, I don't know if this was revisionist or not, or if we just have more context on the situation than we used to, but, you know, he maybe could have stuck it out there at Miami and had a decent run. Um, but in my view, he left to accomplish something again that quite literally nobody else has accomplished. So why there's not really a need to bring up? There's my laptop going off. <laughs> uh, there's not really a need to bring up that it didn't work out at the NFL because he was that good. Let's get to Chris in here before we take a break. Chris, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive on Thunderbolt. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, two things real quick. One about the same. And after the game, I'm sure yeah. y'all probably seen it, his little press conference. He had, he was definitely upset. You could tell in his eyes, but he just had a. To me, he had a different look in his face and his eyes. Yep. Uh, he made a couple comments about uh, about that last play, about the offensive coordinator. Was like, and that's the call you came up with on the fourth and goal to go, you know, to go to uh, double overtime. But I think his big thing is just me on the outside looking in is that this NIL and the the, the portal. He's old school, man. You know, I think it's too much, not too much for him. But I think he was like, you know, this isn't really the way I built this program, the way I really want it to go. Or, or, you know, that he just pretty much wanted to get out of sort of like the basketball coaches, Coach K and all them. And the other thing, real quick, and I hate to admit this, but I've got to. Last night I went to bed. My girlfriend, we went to bed together. We were watching the game. And that right after the second half, when they got down by like six or eight, I rolled over. I said, I'll see you in the morning. And she, and, uh, and with about nine seconds left, she tapped me and woke me up. She goes, look at this. And I had to look at the, the score twice. I was like, there's no way. She goes, yeah, you missed a hell of a game. Nah. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna have to stay up from here on out and watch every game. Y'all have a great day, man. Appreciate good, that, man. Chris. Thank you for uh, confessing that. Yep. yep. Uh, We've all been there. Faithlessness. It happens. We have all done. Oh, it. I've got plenty of stories. Oh yeah. yeah, we have all done uh, that sort of thing. A lot of people uh, avoiding the games to protect their own mental health and such, their emo <laughs> emotional well-being of them and the people around them. Uh, I understand completely. Uh, and as far as like the NIL world and that sort of thing uh, being a, a, a driving factor for Saban, I, I'm, it demands more of every coach. And if anything, I don't know that that specifically like bothers him like it does say Dabo. Yeah, but I, I think it's some, the yeah. effort that it now adds to the head coach's job everywhere. Right. But at, especially at a place in Alabama where you just you can't let anything slip. I think it just hastened him saying i don't have that i can't be nick saban at the nick saban level at 72 anymore and right. he just recognized it and i think you can acknowledge that and still believe that all of this in terms of the player like i think a lot of people take something like that like there with Dabo, for instance like Dabo has pretty clearly expressed in a variety of different ways that he's kind of not cool with the players getting paid 
straight up. Yeah. But I think it's also unfair to coaches to saddle them with that label if they're just very plainly saying, uh, wow, this is pretty insane. Like the, the, the commitment that the extra commitment, like recruiting was already difficult. Yeah. Like, it was already hard enough. It was already a ton of hours, but now you add this in and of course it's going to be more difficult and you're going to add more hours because there's still no guardrails on the thing. The calendar is all messed up. So like those are all legitimate things that you could be frustrated with while still believing that, okay, I'm, I'm yeah, it's cool that, the kids are actually getting paid now for this stuff. Like, I, I do think that's a key separation. I do love uh, that Belichick opened his press conference with, I haven't seen this many cameras since we signed Tim Tebow today. Did he really? Yeah, well done. That, well done on his part. You know, here's something. You were talking about saving being more charismatic. I bet you Bill Belichick is hilarious one-on-one. Oh. I bet you if you had a beer or two with him at the bar, you would be laughing. Like, He strikes me as a funny, dry sense of humor type of person who – who you could have some fun with. Oh, right, absolutely. We'll take a quick, we'll take a quick break uh, here and uh, come back and talk about one of the uh, proposed uh, future employments uh, for one Nick Saban. Uh, and I, I, for one, I see the genius of it. We'll talk about that on the other side here as well. On the drive on the Thunderville. Be right back. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Guinness, Tyler Griever. I did want to remind all of you that the DraftKings Sportsbook, they are an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. You heard us talking about them earlier in the 3 o'clock hour. They're bringing you an offer that will help you make the playoffs electrifying, which you might need because it's going to be cold. New <laughs> customers can bet 5 bucks on any game, and you get 200 instantly in bonus bets. And it really doesn't matter what it is uh, that you choose to bet on in the NFL uh, this weekend, you have your choice of games with lines from as low as one and a half and two, all the way up to the Bills being nine and a half point favorites uh, in what might be an insane kind of weather game. Yeah. Uh, there, like you just you have options uh, everywhere for that. Plus, everyone gets a no sweat same game parlay for every playoff game as well. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code The Ville always. New customers can get just five bucks. Uh, can uh, bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. It's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TheVille. That crown, it is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You got to be 18 or older and physically present in Kentucky. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. You ha- Opt-in is required. One no-sweat token issued per eligible day after you opt into it. No-sweat bonus bets issued based on the amount of losing 
qualifying bet. Eligibility max, uh, rewards limits, deposit restrictions apply. All the terms that we're talking about here can be found at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. It was reported last night, uh, Tyler, that uh, by front office sports, that the plans for Nick Saban after his uh, Alabama career, which has now ended, uh, perhaps might include Nick Saban as the long-term replacement for Lee Corso on college game day. And when I first, like when I first read that, I thought, but yeah. the more I've thought about it, the more I like the idea. You I think know, he yeah. would do well. I think he would. Uh, I think he has shown some TV chops before in the past, but now like, Here's something. I, I think people too often associate being good on TV with being this entertaining caricature, whatever that you got to be. That's that some tend to be and whatever it is. And some do it very well. Um, I think there's a bigger audience now, maybe more than ever, because there's so much access to all 22 film and all of these things that like we really want to see people on there break down things that we don't understand in a detail that previously wasn't, I don't think was acceptable for network executives and such like that. So he can do that. We know he can do that, but he's pretty funny when he wants to be yeah. too, you know, like, I mean, you, you mentioned it during the break. There's uh, the clip and I went to pull it up on YouTube and it's, it's very funny. Uh, Touchdown Alabama posted it back in April of 2021 uh, it's an American Football Coaches Association conference, and Nick's uh, talking about Miss Terry, and mm-hmm. he wanted to date Miss Terry for a really long time. Miss um, Terry went to the nicer high school, more of a city girl, all these things. Nick was the guy at the gas station working the service, full service station. He mentions that a few times, and that he really wanted to date Miss Terry, but Miss Terry. Anyway, we don't have to go through the whole thing, but it's funny. He's actually, charismatic. He's very charismatic, and that story about running into an ex boyfriend of hers illustrates that like all right i think he could pretty he's gonna be more relaxed now too you know like god knows alabama's is, is not a relaxing job that's that's an everyday expectation especially when you won like he did to be able to take that load off of your shoulders should help him having said that i think it's almost impossible sometimes to predict who could be good on tv and who could, there are people who i thought would be terrible that are good and vice versa um, Dan Mullen being good on TV, I gotta be honest with you, didn't see it coming. Same. Really didn't see it coming, but I, I like listening to him. He's a smart guy. And I, I actually think he's still a pretty good coach. You can win like that at Mississippi State. That's a hard place to win at the level he did, but Florida did not obviously work out. Still, didn't think he was gonna be good on TV. He is. I think Nick, though, I I feel pretty good about him working out. I saw someone tweet this, and I've tweeted in the past where I thought Spurrier would also be great in that role. And both Spurrier or Saban or them together would be very funny to do a bar rescue type show. Where they like go and you, rescue people's programs. Yes. You yeah. bring them in and they, they spend a week at practice. Your culture meetings. sucks. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like that, I think, would be stellar television. Let's get Alex in here. Alex, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into The Drive on I Thunder What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? So I uh, did hey, two things real quick. First of all, that. That bar rescue or college rescue, whatever it would be, that would be that would be really cool to see. Because oh, the thing is, you seconds. would have to be yeah. like, 
as insulting as I don't even know who that guy with the ponytail John Taffer. is. I don't even know yeah. his name. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay or whatever, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, he would have to be super insulting. Like I'm talking about calling coaches trash, saying I, I wouldn't even pick you up if you got fired. Like I would love to hear him say that. Like that'd be so great. <laughs> uh, but the two things that uh, I was going to say was number one, uh, it, it does it does feel good to have a coach right now. Um, that probably is more concerned with what Alabama players are going to hit the portal rather than, you know, him trying to rack up players to, to get an interview. Like, I, I enjoying uh, knowing, you know, well, I wonder what players are going to hit the portal. I wonder, you know, because it seems like Louisville, I feel like Louisville and Alabama and Ole Miss and kind of Florida State, like, we've been wrestling kind of back and forth. Like, we've been talking to the same recruits. Like, we really have. And I, and I'm, I think that's really interesting. Um, but for the win, for the Miami win, I'm really hoping and praying that, you know, you know how in a movie when a team, like, has, like, that turning point, like in, like, Coach Carter, when they have, like, that turning point where they're yeah. like, all right, now we're going to start winning. We're going to come together as a team and go to the national championship. Now, obviously, I'm not thinking that far in advance. But I'm really hoping that this is a turning point. And because I really don't want to do a coaching search, I would love Kenny Payne to stay and be our coach. But I'm really hoping that this is a turning point for this basketball team. But thank you guys. I'll listen. Appreciate it. I I, I actually I, I want to take that and rub with it for a sec because I think there's too often a notion in in these situations that oh man the fans are actually going to start rooting for him to to fail so this can all end. I got to be honest. I I don't get that from people here i don't sense that i'm sure there's there's plenty out there we uh, part of the problem is nowadays i can go on we can go on social media and find anybody to fit any type of narrative or profile that you want for whatever we're describing to to disprove something but in this case i think that louisville fans are just desperate to enjoy something they love the program and want to win more like that level is so high as opposed to man I really just don't think this is the guy and whatever we got to do to to ensure that he's not the guy needs to happen I I don't see that like we've we've debated about uh the the aspect of apathy before yeah. right and never found Louisville to be apathetic or fans to be apathetic towards the program yeah um I think in some ways you can do the old "I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed" route that you got from your your parents a lot of the time. Like that's how many of you probably feel with, or that's the point you have reached after all this. Because there's just only so many times you can get mad with what you're watching. But I, I do believe there are more fans like that who are just desperate to see something good happen and to see something positive to be built on instead of wanting this to just find keep finding a new low to get a new coach quicker. I, I that's just my opinion. I'm not, you know, not basing that off of any like data points or anything. Just you know, I go to games and you cover them and the 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 little spurts even in losses that didn't go well. Like fans are still trying to get into it and trying to get guys going. It it's that's why the whole aspect of any network TV announcer kind of turning this on fans is just kind of nauseating and ridiculous. Um, I probably was a little. Can unfair. anything be kind of nauseating? 
<laughs> Probably not. Okay. Actually. Uh, I actually give Seth Greenberg a little bit of credit because I, I... He did not do that. He did not do that. I made a joke about him last night saying he was probably about to do that with what he was going with, but he didn't, and I give him credit for that. Um, he actually, he made it a point to remind, you know, remind many people that, yeah, Louisville is, there's a reason that they show up at number six on yeah. the AP's greatest programs, you know? I mean, Here, Here's what I would say about people who are worried about, like, this resulting in Kenny getting some sort of long-term or longer-term whatever. The Kenny Payne we've seen up to now is not good. And that Kenny will not get an extension. Yeah. And that Kenny will not win a bunch of games. Like it does, like So if Louisville goes on a run, it's because he's different than he's been up to this point. Well, and that, again, is... There's something really positive about that. Because something you and I... Um, you know, Mark and I don't just always talk on the radio. We, we like to think we're friends and text about games and talk about it. And I, I think something that you and I hit on a few times when we talk is is a stubbornness that he has displayed at times in terms of a refusal to adapt or acknowledge how wrong this has gone and yeah. what has led to it going so wrong. Okay? None of this gets any better without some real self-reflection and some real criticism, probably from those close to him, within the athletic department, whatever, saying, hey, man, we're, we're here. This is the point. It cannot be like this anymore. What do you change? What do you do? There's an argument to be made that that's happening way too late if that turns out to yeah, be the case. That's true, too. There's an argument for that, and a good one, because... Let's let's be clear. If we're if we're gonna use Josh Hurd's whole thing about a, a balance, deposits, the yeah. balance still doesn't look good. Yeah, the overall still... balance is still in a bad place. Yep. There was a little plus. There was a little. You heard the little ding or whatever it is that your phone does when you know that your paycheck just hit. Something hit. That's good. There's a long way to go. Um, but if that is going to happen, it's as much about Kenny and the coaches continuing to build on it and to change and to challenge themselves to build on it than it is on the players to give effort and all, all of these things. That, it, that And that is very key moving forward here. Everybody, nobody should need motivation. The coaches shouldn't need it. Okay, your job's on the line. What else do you need? The players should not need it. Yeah, the arena's empty, and they don't really like you very much right now. They all, you know, Brandon Huntley Atfield, it was, uh, what, a couple weeks ago, Maybe not even a couple. Taking time. like the booze, taking the booze, but not only that, he came out after uh, he had he had had a good game, and he was like, you know, I'm a good basketball player. Feeling the need to say that, yeah, to people, because all we have seen up until this stretch, and let's make it clear: if you're going to put point to somebody and say KP's developing somebody, Brandon Huntley Hatfield has legitimately gotten better. Yeah, he is. He is turning into a good player. The numbers yep. back it up. There's still places he can grow, but he's getting better. And and, that, and 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 to to sit there and say that tells you like, oh man, wow. There's your motivation right there. There's a ton of intrinsic motivation. There you, there should be no reason to not be motivated to sustain what you put on display last night. You guys hang in there. We'll come right back to you and continue on here on the drive on the Thunderbolt. Right back.